Hello, hello, welcome back to AS Level Divinity Podcast Edition and my name is Adriel, your facilitator and today we will be unpacking Mark. Now when we look at Mark, right, uh, as we look into the authorship, the date, the provenance, the place, the purpose, the birth narratives, the mention of John the Baptist and other key events that line up in Mark, I want you to think about as you hear this podcast and you flip your Bible and read Mark, to think about how the miracles are used to explain the purpose of Mark's writing and we will also look at how certain parts of the gospel like Peter's confession contrast with the Matthean or slash Matthew version. So what are you waiting for? Let's check it out. Now based on the authorship, there is a widespread evidence from the early church fathers that affirmed that Peter was the very apostle that passed on the reports of the world and deeds of Jesus to his attendant and writer John Mark. Of particular significance in these regards are the brief statements that you read in history made by like Papias, the bishop of Heropolis in AD 120, and preserved by Eusebius of Caesarea, AD 260 and 340. Papias states that he received oral tradition from John the Elder and the Apostles, and he passes on the following regarding Mark. So there are about four points for you to take note. Number one, Mark was the writer for Peter. Number two, Mark wrote down accurately as much as he could remember of Peter's words, which the letter he adapted to the needs of the moment. And number three, he was not an eyewitness of Jesus nor a disciple. But do take note when you read Mark uh, chapter 14 verses 52, and number four, it was his desire not to omit or misrepresent anything. So keep that in mind, yeah? But Papias concluded that the Gospel of Mark gains its apostolic and reliable character from the Petrine origin, from Peter. There are also internal evidences that support the fact that Peter stands behind Mark's Gospel. Mark's account involving Peter were really vivid. It really presents the weakness of Peter as well as the disciples as a whole and omits praiseworthy or noticeable references to Peter as reported in Matthew and Luke. Something for you to take note of. Now, according to the date of when Mark was written, uh, the date collected most convincingly points to Rome as the place of composition and a date of Mark in theme to about you know the late 50 AD. Now some scholars are they prefer mid 60s. Now those in favor for mid to late 50s uh, comes uh, from the book of Acts that ended with Paul in prison in AD 62, leading many scholars to believe that Acts was written around that time. Now others suggest that Acts, the book of Acts, does not end uh, at the point it was written because the key point of Acts is that the gospel had made it to Rome. Now, if Acts was written in the early and 60s, early 60s, then Luke's gospel was written before Acts sometime in the early 60s. And if Luke depend on Mark's gospel, we'll read more of this when we unpack Luke, uh, for much of the material and the overall structure, then Mark was written before Luke. This would place Mark 
in the mid or late 50s. However, if a somewhat later date of Luke X is adopted, then the date for Mark would then be pushed to the mid uh, 60s, late 60s, uh, then that would be possible. Now, when reading the Mark, right, there is the theme for it, and the theme of Mark is that the ultimate purpose for Mark to present and defend Jesus' universal call to is the call for discipleship. Mark, when you read, often returns to this theme, and as the narrative unfolds, he categorizes his main audience as either followers or opponents of Jesus. So remember that when you read Mark, you will come to realize that the central effort of Mark's writing is to narrate the identity and teaching of Jesus. This fact implies that discipleship for Mark is essentially a relationship with Jesus, not merely following a certain code or conduct. Now, fellowship with Jesus marks, no pun intended, the heart of a disciple's life, and this fellowship includes trusting him, confessing him, taking note of his conduct, following his teaching, and being shaped by a relationship to him. Now, it also means, if you read Mark, being prepared to face the kind of rejection that Jesus faced. So that's the theme as you read throughout Mark. But the purpose Mark wrote this. Mark wrote the gospel in Rome, but the purpose was for the wider church as a record of the apostolic testimony of Peter, to put Peter's words down into paper. Mark also addresses an audience that is largely unfamiliar with the Jewish customs. So you see the way he writes, right? He intends to familiarize them with the customs because only then will they understand that the coming of Jesus was the culmination of God's work specifically with Israel and then that led to the entire world. So when you read Mark, you will see how he seeks to show Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is also man. Jesus is also the Son of God. And this Jesus, he has power and authority but 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 you see how this jesus who is the messiah must also suffer he calls the disciples then to do the same and teaching on what the kingdom of god is to be like these are some of the key themes you see now in summary mark tells of jesus's coming to bring everlasting salvation which was already prophesied for mention in the Old Testament within the Bible and to triumph over sin and Satan. Now the ultimate fulfillment then, if you read the Mark's chap uh, Gospel of Mark to the end, comes with his crucifixion and resurrection. Next, we'll look at the literary features. Now, of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Mark is mostly overly, uh, I would call, quote-unquote, a document drama consisting of noteworthy clips uh, as well as typical or representative events. Uh, there is snatches of speeches or dialogues and a commentary by the narrator. Now, Mark's approach to the biographical data is that of a careful recorder. Now imagine that. Mark's gospel, however, is not a biography in the modern sense, 
as there is no attempt to describe Jesus physically or treat his family origins or portray Jesus' inner life. Rather, like other ancient biographies, and when you talk about biographies, right, bio meaning life here, Mark's purpose is to speak about the actions and the teachings of Jesus that present his ministry and mission. There are also sub-genres like, you know, testimonies, recognitions of stories, encounter-like stories, miracle stories, parables, discourse, sermons, proverbs, and of course, the resurrection. (laughs) Now, even though the overall format of Mark's gospel is narrative, it does not possess a continuous storyline, but is a collection of discrete units. Huh? So there are crowd scenes, there are small group scenes, there are public scenes, there are even private scenes. Now the resulting book is a, I would say, collage or a mosaic of a life of Jesus. Now the best way to negotiate this format is to regard oneself as Mark's traveling companion as he, you know, assembles his documentary on the life of Christ. Now, the main unifying element in the mosaic slash collage is the protagonist, Jesus Christ himself. Mark's gospel, which is, you know, the shortest of the four gospels, is a a fast-paced narrative. Mark tends to include vivid descriptive details and he prefers Greek verbs that portray an action in process. He often records people's responses to what Jesus did and said. Okay, take notice of that. Uh, Like all storytellers, Mark selected his materials by two criteria. Criteria number one. He chose events that were typical or representative in the life of Jesus, such as miracles, the healings, and the telling of the parables. The second criteria, one was typical, the second is unique one and only events, especially those connected with the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus. Ah, now you can break the Gospel of Mark into two halves. It begins with the introduction of what the reader is to expect. Chapter 1 verses 1 to 15, Mark begins to uh, then demonstrate Jesus' authority from verses 16 all the way up to chapter 8, verse 26. Now you will read um, uh, Jesus calling the disciples, teaching in parables, making miracles, exorcism, and healing. So very awesome, authoritative, like Jesus has the power. But here's the interesting bit when you read Mark. After about chapter 8, starting from verses 27 till the end of chapter 16, you will see that this Jesus with authority is also a suffering Messiah, where he tells how tough it is for the call of discipleship. And three times he tells his disciple that he's going to die. Now this all leads to his death and resurrection in Jerusalem, starting from chapter 14. Mark's gospel comes to an abrupt end in verses 8, chapter 16, verse 8. This is really abrupt. This is how Mark's gospel ends, right? In, talk, in terms of talking about that Jesus rise from the dead and whatnot, this is what the disciples did. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. 
Interesting, huh? that's how he ends the documentary of the life of Jesus. Huh? While there are other manuscripts that creates an extended ending, the question laid before us is what is the purpose of Mark to not recount the gospel narratives the way the other gospel writers did? Huh? Okay, So there is a literary genius, I would say, in how he ends it with the disciples of fearing. It forces you then to read the whole gospel again. Like, hey, how come the disciples fear? Didn't Jesus say he would die? Didn't Jesus say he needed to suffer? Now think about it. Now what made them afraid? So Mark portrays Jesus um, as and why they were afraid. Uh, And we will try to find time to discuss. But for now, this is the homework I want you to find out. Why do you think Mark ends the gospel like that? Now for starters, The Gospel of Mark beautifully weaves in who Jesus is and the call to discipleship. If, um, to do, okay, if, like, let me, what did you say? If to do not know what discipleship is, it comes to the root word disciple, which means what, huh? It means follower or student, right? Which means there is someone to follow and learn from. Hence, to be a disciple of Jesus is to learn from him. And when Mark beautifully weaves this concept, he is calling his readers to follow Jesus and learn from him. But the crucial question that every reader will eventually need to answer is this. And the question actually falls to you as an AS level divinity uh, study here, you know, is who is Jesus and what should my response be? Should it be like the ending provided in Mark where you fled in fear? So pause for a moment, read chapter 8 to get a better understanding. But let me end with this. Some things for you to familiarize yourself with when it comes to Mark and you're answering the essay questions. I want you to find out the reason for the abrupt ending. The, read the journal articles provided to complete your learning. Ah, okay. Um, and some more questions for you to find out. What is the usage of miracles in Mark to explain the purpose of his writing? And try to find the contrast between the confession of Peter with the Gospel of Matthew's version. That's all I have for you today. This is Unpacking Mark and I'll see you guys soon.